Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. This week we have Buster Posey retiring, gold glovers, and a World Series recap right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to another episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. As always, I am Brad. However, not like always and quite unusual, I am flying solo. No Brig this week. He is under the weather, so I am, like I said, flying solo, just going by myself. So let's get into this. There's a lot to talk about this week, as there are most weeks, um, despite the season ending with the World Series ending the day after last episode was recorded, the day that it came out. Um... Very eventful, I guess, as you would expect. First things first, we had Buster Posey retiring this week. Uh, That's a surprise move, I think, to all of us. Uh, I don't think any of us saw that coming. Um, As I'm sure you would expect from me, being uh, having been a catcher when I played baseball, I am I was a big Buster Posey fan. I liked him a lot. I didn't have much use for the Giants as a team, um, but. When it came down to it, I really liked Buster Posey. I liked the way he played the game. I liked the way he carried himself. I thought he was a, a great player and, honestly, um, a great example to my son. Uh, we were at a spring training game a couple years ago. It was the D-backs against the Giants out in uh, Scottsdale. And I specifically pointed out Buster Posey to my son because I was like, if, if he's going to look up to anybody, I mean, there are a lot of guys in the league. But at the time, he was telling me he wanted to be a catcher. He still kind of is. But anyway... Uh, I was like, this is the guy I want him to watch, both, like I said, how he plays the game, how he conducts himself, so I made sure to point him out to my son. Uh, Little did I know that we only had about three more years of Posey playing. I thought maybe we had about six or seven more, and he'd actually have more of a chance to get to know who he was and watch him. But um, a lot lot this week, um, I've kind of been getting into, into debates with people. And by people, I really mean just Jason, who's <laughs> who's come on here before. He's our good friend from the Not Another Sports podcast, and he also does the Philly Baseball Together podcast. Um, he and I have been going back and forth a lot about whether or not Buster Posey is a Hall of Famer. Now, Jason doesn't think that Posey is a Hall of Famer. I, have, I on the other hand, have been saying the entire time that he is. He is absolutely a first battle Hall of Famer. There is no two ways about it. So what I've gone ahead and done is I thought I would compare Buster Posey blindly with another player. Okay? So these are the first 11 years of these players' careers. First full 11 seasons, so I didn't count the first season they were called up for September call-ups, anything like that. This is 11 years of their careers because that's basically what Buster Posey had. Um, He had an 11-year career. So this first player... Uh, this is player one, won the Rookie of the Year, was on seven All-Star teams, won one Silver Slugger, three Gold Gloves, four World Series tit- titles, and was named a World Series MVP in one of them. Finished his career with a 317 average, 183 home runs, and 853 RBIs, was, uh, led his team in war twice, was considered the best player on the team twice. Player two was Rookie of the Year. Uh, MVP, seven all-star teams as well, won one gold glove, four silver sluggers, won a batting title, won three World Series titles, 302 average, 158 home runs in his career, with 729 RBIs, and led his team in war six times. Now, for those of you who have been keeping track and, um, and know, I guess, the Giants in the last 10 years, 
those, I guess, 11 years now, uh, those three World Series titles, that kind of gives it away that's Buster Posey as player two. But player one is Derek Jeter. And I feel like after 11 years in the league, 12 years in the league, he was widely regarded as a first ballot Hall of Famer, not just because of his ability. Like, uh, that's outstanding. 317 average, 183 home runs, 853 RBIs. Obviously getting a lot of opportunity and probably not leading his team in war because of who he was playing with. Um, but I feel like those are pretty comparable numbers, I feel like. Um, you know, Buster Posey, I think, was considered mostly a, an offense first catcher. But at the same time, he only had 27 pass balls in his entire career. His entire career. And he caught over 1,000 games. That's a big deal to me. That is a really big deal to me. Um you know, an MVP, a catcher winning winning an MVP is a big deal. And the intangibles, he and Jeter both have the intangibles in the clubhouse. That is also a big deal to me. I feel like Buster Posey is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is he going to get 99% of the vote? No, he's not. But I do think he'll get somewhere between 85 and 90% of the vote. So in five years, uh, you can book that. Buster Posey is going to be a Hall of Famer. And congratulations to him on a great career. Now, let's talk about gold glovers. Today, November, oh, sorry, I think, anyway, today or yesterday, I don't know, I lose track of the days around here, um, but we had uh, we had gold glovers uh, were announced, uh, looks like it was yesterday, according to this article on MLB.com, um, so I know there were a couple upsets, um, I feel like mostly we expected, uh, things kind of shook out how we expected, but here we go. Let's go. Let's just go by position, National League, and then American League. So first base. Let's start there with uh, with the National League. We had Paul Goldschmidt, and then American League Yuli Gurriel. Second base, Tommy Edmond for the National League, Marcus Simeon for the American League. Third base, Nolan Arenado uh, in the American League, and Matt Chapman in the American. Or sorry, Nolan Arenado in the National League. Matt Chapman in the American League. There we go. Shortstop, National League, Brandon Crawford. Uh, American League, we had Carlos Correa, who, I mean, I'll, we'll get into him in a little bit, but he had an outstanding year this year. It was just insane. Uh, left field, Tyler O'Neill in the National League. American League was Andrew Benintendi. Good for him. Uh, center field, Harrison Bader in the National League. Um, the American League had uh, Michael A. Taylor. Right field, Adam Duvall. In the National League and American League was Joey Gallo. Catchers, we had uh, Jacob Stallings in the National League and in the American League had Sean Murphy. Something funny about Sean Murphy is <laughs> that uh, I was watching the Mariners and the A's play because they play a lot. And Murphy's picture popped up. I was like, oh my gosh, he looks exactly like one of my buddies from high school. And not like now, but how he looked in high school. It was crazy. It was so weird to me. But anyway, back to it. Pitchers, we had National League Max Freed. And American League Dallas Keuchel. Um, I know there's some discussion uh, surrounding the catchers uh, because Yadi did not win it. Yadi, Yadi or Molina did not win it for the National League. Um, I mean, I feel like it's tough because he's one of those guys you just expect to get it. But on the other hand, he is aging, and we are getting into a new guard of catchers here. Um, and, you know, Buster Posey only had, what, he had uh, he had three gold gloves, but that's because he was going up against, uh, or he sorry, only one gold glove, but that's because he was going up against 
Yachty every single year in the National League. Like, that guy was physically a freak back behind the plate. Um, but like I said, I believe he's retiring after this next year. So Jacob Stallings is kind of like the next guy coming up. JT Realmuto was in there as well. Um, but Stallings, you know, had, had a tremendous year. He had uh, 21 defensive runs saved, uh, which were nine more than the second place catcher in the majors. So that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Congratulations on him on overthrowing the reigning champion and king of the National League catcher, uh, Gold Glove. Um, and I'm assuming we'll have we'll have platinum gloves here named within, within the next couple days. Uh, we talked last week about the Silver Slugger Award. That will be announced on November the 11th. So we have a couple more days here. That'll be Thursday. Um, a couple more days on that. Keep your eye out there. With the league season ending, the official end of the season after the World Series, we got into free agency. I love free agency. I almost love it better than like the end of July, beginning of August portion of the season. <laughs> Which I know it feels kind of like blasphemy to say you're coming out of the out of the All Star All Star break, but free agency is so much fun to me. It is so exciting. The hot stove league is just absolutely outstanding. So there are a lot of people hitting the market. A lot of guys hitting the market, which really honestly surprised me. Um, I wasn't expecting that because of the collective bargaining agreement. I thought that there were a lot of guys who were going to stay put because of the. Uh, the security of what they had, right? If you're on a team and you've got your contract set up, there's nothing that can happen should there be a salary cap put in place. So I assumed a lot of guys were going to be staying put, but that is not the case. You had a lot of guys opting out and, you know, a lot of teams picking up player options. I guess I don't really understand the business side of how baseball works or sports work because that's what I always expect to happen anytime a collective bargaining agreement is uh, is coming up and it's going to expire. I always expect the players to stay put and the teams to cut bait. Instead, you you saw teams cutting bait with guys that you would have expected them to keep and uh, and players opting out. So here we go. Let's go through position by position some of the most notable free agents. Uh, this is according to MLB.com. This article was put up uh, Saturday, November 6th. And I know there have been a few signings and deals since then, and I'll get into those a little bit. Um, but we've got like we've got Jan Gomes, is, uh, as far as the catchers go. Not a, not really a super strong market for catchers right now. Um, Kurt Suzuki is going to be a free agent. He had a negative war, but uh, he's also 38. I don't know that... He's necessarily going to get that big contract. Somebody might bring him in as a backup to help mentor a young catcher somewhere. Uh, I could see that happening, but I don't know that he's necessarily going to get more than the veteran's minimum. Uh, first baseman, Freddie Freeman is the big name. We got Frederick on the market. Uh, he and the Braves were not able to reach an agreement uh, during the season. So that's going to be interesting to follow. I don't think he leaves Atlanta, but... You never know. You never know. Something could happen there. Uh, we've also got Brandon Belt. I did see today that the uh, that the Giants extended him an offer. Anthony Rizzo is the other big one there. Um, I don't. To me, it doesn't make sense for him to go back to New York. That would, seemed like a miserable experience for him. Um, I but I have I have no clue where he's going to go. I don't see him going back to Chicago. Um, so follow that one there, especially with Anthony Rizzo. 
second baseman, Marcus Simeon, uh, Cesar Hernandez, Donovan Solano, um, Jason Kipnis, who has kind of passed his prime. Um, but those those are a few of the, the big names. Marcus Simeon is the top target second baseman right now. I did see today that the Mariners are going to be going after him, that they're going to be, they've expressed serious interest in him. So he's he's your top second baseman target right now. Third baseman, we've got uh, Nolan Arenado said that he's not going to opt out. He still can, but I don't I don't think he's going to. Um, Kyle Seeger, Chris Bryant. Uh, let's see who else do we have on this list here. Those are the big ones. To me, Kyle Seeger's a big target because obviously he was a Mariner, but he's also 34. Uh, he, and he was dealing with some elbow issues there at the end of the season. So I don't know if anybody's going to give him a bigger, like a big contract, but I could see him going to a contender uh, because he spent so many years losing in Seattle, has never made it to the playoffs. Um, I could see him going to a contender just at least so he can get a taste of the playoffs. Um, Chris Bryant, he did express uh, interest in re-signing with San Francisco earlier in the season uh, after the trade deadline. So I guess not necessarily earlier in the season, but towards the end of the season. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But at the same time, if somebody comes offering him a whole bunch more money than the Giants are going to, uh, I don't see him turning that down either. So I don't I don't think he's going to gonna, gonna uh, give the Giants a hometown discount. Short stops, we have Carlos Correa. Uh, that is, he is the big fish on the market right now for shortstops. Carlos Correa had an outstanding year. He's only 27, posted a 6.6 war on the season. That is the best out of every shortstop in the league. He had the kind of year that you expect a guy to have going into a contract year or in a contract year because he was auditioning for every single opponent that the Astros played. You could tell, I mean, he, he said at one point during the season, this was going to be his last year with the Astros. So... I mean, I guess the writing was on the wall. It was in the air. I don't know. But either way, we all kind of knew that, it, that this was going to be it for him. And he was playing like it was because he was playing like he wanted to get paid somewhere else. The Astros did offer him a five-year, $160 million deal, and he turned it down. For those of you who don't want to do the math, that is $32 million a year that he turned down for the, over uh, five years. So he's looking to get paid. Um, I quite honestly, it pains me to say this. I think he would fit in perfectly in New York. He'd be a perfect Yankee. He has the ego to fill up that entire stadium. He can take the brunt of anything that anybody in that stadium wants to throw at him, uh, and it's not going to affect his play because he understands when he has the self-awareness. He knows when he's not playing well that he knows he needs to step it up. But on the other hand, he is that. I feel like he's that great of a player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, everybody knows how much I hate the Astros for so many reasons. But Carlos Correa, to me, is one of the most exciting players in the league. And his ego is outstanding. I love every little bit of it. That stage with Correa would be just awesome. I would love it. It would be a lot. Of, it would be a ton of fun. I would hate to see it because it would mean the Yankees would be that much better. But on the other hand, like, that's a great fit for him, in my opinion. Uh, next, you've got Trevor Story, uh, who everybody thought was going to get traded at the deadline, including him. But it just it didn't happen. Didn't happen, so I don't know. I haven't seen anything, seen any articles or anything like that as to, as far as who's showing interest in the story. Um, he did not have obviously the year that Correa did because Correa played out of his mind. Um, but I was a little bit disappointed with the way he finished the season. Uh, before the season, I called Marcus Simeon Trevor Story Light, and it actually feels like Trevor Story is now Marcus Simeon Light. So there's that. 
Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, you got Corey Seager with the Dodgers uh, is actually a free agent now. Technically, uh, they extended him in a qualifying offer. And Javier Baez, uh, I don't know what's going on with him at the Mets. The Mets are a mess right now, so that'll be interesting to track and follow there. Uh, left fielders, you got Mark Canna with who was with the A's. Kyle Schwarber, who had the outstanding what was it June, and then he went with the Reds. And then he uh, got traded to the Red Sox. And just played out of his mind the last couple weeks of the season. Did really well in the playoffs as well. So I think he's still got some of the tank. He's only 29. He's had some injuries. Uh, but I think I think he could get picked up by somebody. Uh, not for that big massive max contract. But I think they can pay him kind of middle of the road money. And he can do well for somebody. Eddie Rosario who just came out of a fantastic postseason. Uh, he's He's going to be a free agent. I I feel like he'll be getting paid. Andrew McCutcheon, who's 35, is a free agent. That's a big deal to me. Um, if I was a team looking for some senior leadership, I'd bring in McCutcheon for sure. I might even overpay for it uh, if that's what it took because because uh, he's a guy who knows how to lead a team. People will follow him. Jock Peterson had a pretty decent postseason. He did well uh, in, the, uh, in the NLDS or the NLCS, uh, him and his pearls. I guess you could say, and Anthony Rizzo's bat. We'll get to that later. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know that he's necessarily going to get a whole bunch of money, but uh, I could see a team bringing him in because he seems like a good clubhouse guy, in my opinion. Uh, center fielders, we got Starling Marte. He finished the season with a six point seven WAR. I would be if, honestly, if the Mariners, actually, you know what? As of right now, the Mariners could use a proven center fielder. If they went for Marte, I would be all on board for that. Because of the Kyle Lewis injury, don't know what's going on there. Jared Kelnick showed some pretty strong promise there towards the end of the season, but still not entirely sure with him. You got Mitch Hanniger. Um, and then Julio Rodriguez is still down in the minors. He hasn't played anything above above AA. So if the Mariners go after Marte, I will be ecstatic about that. Don't give him 10 years, but give him some money because he's going to come in and have a, ma- a massive impact right away. Chris Taylor is another guy who's a, a free agent. Uh, he's... He's fine. Um, he, he gets overshadowed in the regular season. He does really well in the postseason, but he's a, he's kind of a utility guy. I don't know that I would overpay for him. Brett Gardner is 38. Everybody knows how I feel about him. Uh, Kevin Pillar, I could see getting a pretty decent deal. Um, and then there's uh, other guys on that list like uh, Billy Hamilton, who kind of bounced around the last year. He's been kind of up and down. Uh, but off to right fielders, Nick Castellanos had a career year this year. I really like him a lot. I've liked him for a couple of years, I'll be honest with you guys. And he's another guy that if the Mariners were like, we want to bring in a veteran, we want to bring in a guy who's had a, a history of playing with uh, with good teams and leading them, um, I would be okay with the Mariners bringing in Castellanos. And, any, and honestly, I feel like most teams should be okay with him. He's He's a very good player. Um, Jorge Soler coming off of his world series MVP is also going to be, is also a free agent. Um, he was a solid pickup obviously for the, for the Braves. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, uh, his stock is never going to be higher than it is right now though. Uh, because of that world series MVP, there are some guys who are good during the regular season, but are great during the postseason. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for Soler. Uh, in, in free agency designated hitters. We've got Nelson Cruz, who is 41 years old. Uh, it took him a little bit to find his stride down in Tampa Bay. So I don't know what exactly is going to happen with, I don't know who's going to pick him up or where he'll go. 
Um, but I'm I'm certain somebody will pick him up because he obviously still has some in the tank. Uh, but that's tough for an aging DH who is pretty much a liability in the field. He's going to be limited to the AL uh, as of today. But we could see with the CBA expiring here in about three weeks, uh, we could see uh, that change potentially. So keep an eye on that. Um, J.D. Martinez is not going to opt out. He was on the list here. Uh, but yeah, he says he's not going to opt out. He's going to stick. He's going to stay put. Uh, pitchers. Oh boy. For those of you who need pitchers, this is the year. Okay. Starting pitchers. We've got Max Scherzer, Kevin Gosman, Carlos Rodon, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, Robbie Ray, Zach Greinke, Marcus Stroman. Uh, that is just the top of the list. My guy, Tyler Anderson, who finished out the year with the Mariners and who did a great job. Great job as a lefty pitcher. Um, that's that's a good list. It's going to be interesting to see where those guys go. I know Max Scherzer is 37, but he's going to want to win. I guarantee you he's going to want to win. Oh, and I left off um, Justin Verlander. Verlander is a free agent as well as uh, Noah Syndergaard. Um, yeah, they're, I mean, this is this is a pretty good list. Um, Noah Syndergaard hasn't pitched in a couple years, but I think I think he's young enough. Um, he's only 29. Um, I think somebody's going to be willing to take a chance on him. Uh, I know I would be. Um, Justin, back to Justin Verlander. He's 39 coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, honestly, I would not touch that with a 10-foot pole if I was an organization. If I were him, I would take the first offer that comes along. Don't pass it up because it might be the only one he's going to get. Uh, and that might only be uh, Detroit wanting to do a little reunion one-year tour before he retires. I would not want a 39-year-old who's coming off of Tommy John surgery. Uh, so keep an eye on that there because that could be trouble for him. Um, and then as far as relief pitchers, you got uh, Raziel Iglesias was the was the top relief pitcher. Kenley Jansen, Ryan Tapera, uh, Colin McHugh, uh, Kendall Graveman, uh, formerly a Mariner, was with the Astros when he finished the season. Brad Hand did not. He kind of had a down year as opposed to where he was. Um, I did see that the White Sox are going to exercise their option on on Craig Kimbrell. That's sixteen million dollars. That surprised me because he did not do well on the south side after he was traded from the north side <laughs> from the Cubs. So. That's interesting to me. Very, very interesting. Um, other notable uh, relief pitcher, Joe Kelly. Um, everybody's favorite uh, anti-Astro is is on the free agent market. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, yeah, that, uh, I mean, that's really the notable. Those are the notable ones. If you feel like I missed anybody, go ahead and drop it there in the... Uh, uh, in the mailbag on baseballtogether.com or hit the link down in the description and you can send me an email there. But let me know if there's anybody I missed, uh, anything notable that you think can think of that as far as free agents go that, that deserves talking about. Um, real quick, there was a deal today that went down. The Dodgers agreed to a one-year, $8.5 million deal with Andrew Haney. Um, I thought, I'm just going to say, I thought the Dodgers wanted to get better. Uh, Haney did not have a good year last year after he was traded away from, uh, from the angels to the Yankees. He got rocked. He was off the, off the roster by the time the, uh, by the time the wild card game came around. Um, it just, 
not a good not a good season for him, not a good look, and I'm surprised that they gave him eight and a half million. Uh, so Haney last year posted a five point eight three ERA. Um, my uh, screen refreshed and everything popped up there in thirty games. Uh, let's see, he, he uh, gave up twenty nine home runs, eighty four earned runs, walked forty one. He had a WHIP of one point three one nine. And uh, gave up nine hits per nine, two home runs per nine, 2.8 walks per nine. I don't know. That's puzzling to me, to be completely honest with you. I don't, I, if I was the Dodgers, I would not have made that deal. Yes, he did get significantly worse. Like his home runs were up once he went to New York, his hits were up, uh, his walks were actually down, but his strikeouts were also down. So. I don't know. That's a puzzling move to me. I would not have signed Andrew Haney, but that's just me. Um, and I kind of made the joke to my wife that once the Yankees traded for Haney, I was like, well, I don't know why anybody would make a deal with the Angels for a pitcher unless it's Otani because, I mean, I don't I don't mean like bag on the guy, but he had a rough year last year. And, and honestly, I don't feel like he's the kind of addition, especially for that money, that the Dodgers want if they're going to be making a run of the playoffs. He's got a career ERA of 5.83. Sorry, that was last year, 4.72. So, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't have made the deal. That's puzzling to me. But anyways, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to wrap up the World Series. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. I actually have a hobby that has nothing to do with baseball, and Brad, I think is a little jealous. In the tiny bit of spare time that I have, I get punched in the face. Or I'm punching someone else. Either way, my friends and I try to hit each other. Now, before you think I'm crazy, there is a lot of protective gear involved. And I get my gear from Venom. Unbeatable quality at truly affordable prices. Not to mention it's the best looking equipment on the market. If that's not enough, Venom just signed an enormous deal with UFC and that equipment and apparel is now available at Venom.com. So whether you need new gloves, a heavy bag, or performance apparel, Venom.com is the place to shop. You can support our show and get 10% off when you use the link in the description. The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between, you can find the Nonlinear Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. So let's go ahead and... Uh... Let's go ahead and just wrap up the World Series. Um, the series did not did not go as long as uh, Brig and I expected. We were both thinking seven games, I believe, if I remember. I know I was. I was and I was actually expecting uh, the Astros to win because I've I've seen a lot of them over this over the course of the season, and they felt like um, 
honestly one of the best teams in the league. I mean, I know they had like the top four record, whatever, uh, but they really did feel like one of the top two teams in the league. They deserve to be in the World Series, in my opinion. They are on this redemption tour this year, you know, full season, everything like that, with fans out there booing them, throwing trash cans on the field, everything. Um, And they played through it. Like I said, Carlos Correa had one of the best years of his entire career despite that and was able to have an outstanding year. So I am honestly a little bit surprised that the Astros lost. I am not sad at all that the Braves did win, though, because... Uh, I mean, like most of us, most most guys my age, we grew up watching the Braves on TBS in the 90s, right? Uh, big, Obviously a big Chipper Jones fan, just like everybody else my age. So, uh, so you know, congratulations to the Braves. Congratulations to their fans. Won the series 4-2. to two. I mentioned before, Jorge Soler was your MVP of the series. Uh, he went 6-for-20 with three home runs. All game winning, by the way. They were all go-ahead and ended up being the deciding factor uh, in the game. And it still counts if it's in the third inning, by the way, because that, I mean, that home run there, there, <laughs> there are, I said it on, on the on the group, but I said there are bombs, there are nukes, there are tanks, and then there's whatever this was because he hit that ball. They had the roof open at Minute Maid, and he hit it over the tracks out to Crawford Street. So uh, that, whatever that is, was outstanding and just absolutely amazing to watch. Is still in awe when I watch that replay. Is just nuts. Um, uh, he also had six RBIs, so that's that's great for him. Congratulations to Jorge Soler to such an amazing series, uh, coming through when it mattered and, and hitting the long ball when they needed it. Uh, Freddie Freeman was given the Babe Ruth Award. That's basically the postseason MVP award, most uh, postseason most outstanding player. Uh, so. I mean, I feel like you, you knew he was going to get it. He kind of struggled there early, but he came into his own and hit, uh, got hits and RBIs when they needed it. So uh, so good for Frederick on that. Um, so Brig and I were actually talking about this last week. I think we forgot to include it in the episode, but I, ha- I have to get to it today because it is just so funny. Uh, we had what we're calling Batception. So Jock Peterson, every, we've all talked about this. Uh, has been using Anthony Rizzo's bat since uh, I believe it was when, when the Braves beat beat the Brewers was when uh, was when he started using it and used it through the rest of the postseason. Well, since his bat wasn't being used, Travis Darno started using Jock Peterson's bat. I believe he started using it to help break out of a slump because he was kind of struggling there for a while, and so he I think I'm pretty sure he probably picked it up. Figured, like I said, not getting used. Might as well give it some use. It's probably got some hits in it still since it hasn't been used. And he picked it up. So we got a, we got a little bit of Batception. Maybe we can see a t-shirt coming on that pretty soon. But the big takeaway for me of this World Series uh, was we talked about this before. We had an unstoppable force in the Astros offense going up, an, up against an immovable object in the Braves pitching and defense. And it was going to be interesting to see which one gave way first. Now, let me back this up a little bit for you because to to call the Astros offense an immovable force, I mean that's going to take some going to take some backing there, right? So they were top three in the major league, not just the American League, but in major leagues for batting average, OPS, hits, doubles, runs, RBIs, and total bases. 
Now, I would expect a team of that offensive caliber to at least score one run every game, right? At least one run. However, when it came down to it, uh, the Astros were shut out twice and scored a total, a total of four runs in the four losses they they were given on, by the hand of the Braves, I guess you could say, uh, during the World Series. Now, to me, that is indeed an immovable object stopping an unstoppable force because you couldn't have asked for much more out of uh, out of the Braves pitching staff. I mean, we did see the Astros had a couple of explosions. They won game two, seven to two. They won game five, nine to five. Now, you ex- that's what you expect from that team, but it seems like they really struggled getting going when it came down to uh, those close games. Uh, you know, if if they needed to eke out a couple of runs, they weren't able to do it. You know, that's that's really what it came down to is that this team was boom or bust in the World Series, and when they busted, it was really, really hard for them to get it going. Um, the team really went the way of Jose Altuve, which I guess you could say is kind of expected. He's, he's the leadoff man. He's really been the MVP of that team for a few years now. Uh, but he, he had a tough World Series. He didn't play as you would have expected. You know, he ended up going 6-for-27 with two home runs, but only two RBIs, one stolen base, only one walk, nine strikeouts. That does not feel very characteristic of Jose Altuve to me. So I feel like that's really where the problem came from, which is strange, you know, to say that the entire team goes as your leadoff batter goes, especially when you've got Carlos Correa, Kyle Tucker, um, Michael Brantley, um, Alex Bregman, who has had, has had, or is going to have surgery on his wrist. So it seems like he was still nursing that, that injury that he'd been dealing with for most of the season. Um, that, you know, two of those guys couldn't get going in, in games where they lost two to nothing, three to two, you know, that all they needed was a couple of runs, just, uh, just string a couple of them together and they, they would have come through, and they would have won, and they would have won the World Series. But that Braves pitching was just too much. It was too strong, and that was one of the things that Brig and I were watching for this this World Series in particular because we are small ball guys. We like to watch pitching and defense. We like to watch some offense here and there, but we, we like to watch the grind. We like to watch these teams grind things out. And, you know, for me, it's I want to see a balanced game. Um if one team's going to score 10 runs, I want to see the other, te- the other team score nine. If one, seem- one team's going to score two, I want to see the other one score three, you know, or one. That I like to see a balanced game. And the Braves really balanced these games out until game six when they just exploded for seven seven runs and and then completely shut down the Astros in that game. So it was, it was a great series. I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to. We had Wilson, my son. Uh, he's playing fall ball, so we had the season going on. I ended up missing the majority of a lot of the games because of the timing of his, his games. Um, but I, I was pretty much always home in time to watch the end of the game, watch things wrap up, get a little bit of uh, a feel for how things went. Um, but, but I think overall it was an, incredib- an incredibly entertaining series from what I got to see and what I got to follow. But with that baseball family, that wraps up another incredibly exciting Major League Baseball season. Um, coming up, I mean, if you need to get your fix, you can always watch the Puerto Rican Summer League or Puerto Rican Winter League, uh, the Dominican Winter League. Those are, 
I was actually watching that on ESPN the other day to kind of scratch the itch. I know it's only been a few days, but you got to do what you got to do. Um, in about three and a half weeks, the CBA is going to expire. You can count on Brig and I to be on top of that. Anytime there is a news update, we will have it. Um, so we're going to try to keep you up to date each week with the progress on that as far as what we can find and what we can see. Because we're really eager. We're curious. We're concerned about the way that will go. So we're going to be following that very closely for you. You can get all your updates and everything here uh, each week as you typically do. Um, I was going to, I was thinking about doing a, a a prediction for next season about who I think would win the World Series. And honestly, again, because of the CBA with everything being so up in the air, I don't think I'm going to. Um, the only prediction that I feel comfortable or even like, is worth giving is that I can confidently say the world that the Braves are not going to win the world series next year. Um, based obviously based on the history of major league baseball in the last 21 years. Um, that's not likely to happen. Um, also though, I just, I just, even without that, I don't feel like they would have a team that could get them back there. Kind of like the Nats in 2019, they caught lightning, lightning in a bottle. Right. And that's how they ended up getting to the world series and winning. Um, I feel like this Braves team kind of caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, I don't, there was that graphic going around that was uh, talking about how they had 44 wins uh, before the All-Star break, 44 wins after the All-Star break, um, and they were 44-44 and 44 when Ronald Acuna Jr. got hurt, and uh, all the symbolism with 44, and obviously Hank Aaron won 44. It's just one of those things where things just happen to line up. The planet, the planets align, everything like that. Brig and I always, we, we've been referring to the Zodiac lately, you know, and maybe there is something to the planets aligning, and I always joke about Jupiter being in retrograde, but I don't know, something to it. Uh, you know, maybe there is an angel in the outfield. I'm not sure. But anyway, I don't see the Braves getting back next year. Um, I think it's going to be somebody else's turn to do it, and it's going to be exciting to watch. I do think we will have baseball next year. I do think it will start on time. I'm going to be optimistic. I've been pretty pessimistic about that for a long time, but I'm going to be optimistic that uh, spring training and, and the season will start on time. I think they're going to get a deal done, and I think it's – I mean, really, we, we've we've seen it. We've heard it that – the one like constant is that the National League is very likely going to be getting the designated hitter. But other than that, we don't know what baseball is going to look like next year. Uh, is there going to be a salary cap? Is there going to be a salary floor? Will that help with the competitive balance of baseball? The weird thing is, is that we think that it would, right? But every other sport has it. The NBA has it, and there is less parity in the NBA than there is in any other league in uh, the major North American sports. So... But then again, the NFL has it, and that's one of the things that NFL fans love about that league. But you also see the Patriots winning every single year. So I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how baseball evolves based on the collective bargaining agreement going forward. But with that, baseball family, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Don't forget to hop on the shop. That's right. I said it. Hop on the shop. Uh, last week, we launched our Arm Barn shirt in response to a certain group uh, requesting the bullpen be changed to the Arm Barn. That is still there. You can still get 15% off with code uh, BARN15 on there. 
Um, tonight I have on my Royal Blue Legends shirt. I'm not doing YouTube, so you're just going to take my word for it. So there you go. Uh, you can hop on there and get that. Uh, we're in the middle of overhauling some stuff, so if you don't if you're if you don't see what you're looking for on there, if you hop on there and and you see something that says sold out, just drop us an email, send us a text if you have our number on Facebook or whatever. If you have us on Facebook, anything like that, just let us know. Uh, we're in the middle of doing some work on the shop, so we can help you find what you're looking for there with that. Also, you can get on BaseballTogether.com. You can drop us a line in the mailbag. There's always a link in the navigation up there, so it's easy for you to get to. That same link can be found in the description of every podcast episode. If you prefer, there is a link in the podcast description as well where you can leave us a voicemail if you don't want to send us an email. That is fun as well. But baseball family, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Let us know what you think. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on your podcast app. Give us a like. And you can, if you can, hop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. That would be greatly appreciated and help out the podcast as well. But baseball family, we're headed full steam already into free agency. The CBA expiring. Everything that's coming with this offseason, I think it's going to be really exciting. We're going to have a lot of fun. And we will for sure catch you next week. Mm-hmm.